Hi there, and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Che. And I'm Ben Pelletier. Last Sunday's March for Democracy in Hong Kong was the first since the clearance of the Umbrella Movement in December. The numbers were, for some, a little disappointing, but a new exhibition by photographer Bertie Chu hints maybe it's just the beginning. And we also have the concertmaster of the Hong Kong Sinfonietta, James Cutterford, in our studio to play and talk about his ongoing series of concerts at the Fringe Club. First, though, does Hong Kong recognize or value the potential role of art in society? Well, at a time capsule ceremony last week, Jacques Hegzog, the main architect behind the design of the M Plus Museum, said that the delays to the project caused by politics suggest not. Despite those delays, M Plus has already started to make its presence felt, even without brick and mortar. Due to delays in obtaining funding approval from the Legislative Council's Finance Committee, one of the main attractions of the West Kowloon Cultural District, the opening of the M Plus Museum, is likely to be delayed for at least six months. It should now be completed in 2018. On the 29th of January, the installation of a time capsule marked the beginning of its construction. There has been some controversy over the museum's budget and expectations for it, but Lars Nitva, the executive director of M Plus, remains confident that it will be one of the world's largest museums of modern and contemporary visual culture. The actual budget for the museum project, for the construction of it, is five billion Hong Kong dollars. And we are, I mean, targeting that, and we, it, we will be within budget. And what happened with the LegCo non-decision, that's a little piece in the underground, so it doesn't have any material consequences for the building per se other than time-wise, that we lose time through this. It's much better that people have high expectations and they have no expectations or low expectations. Of course, we never know whether we can reach those expectations, but I think we have a really fair chance because it is very diverse what we want to show. And we also want to create new types of museum spaces that actually are better fit than the museums we know for Asian types of art, say ink art, that are much more fragile and sensitive in their materiality than your traditional museums. And we worked very, very closely with the architects on this, and I felt that we are actually creating here a museum that probably will be better than any other museum in the world. Unlike other elements in the district, M Plus will not be run directly by the West Kowloon Cultural District Authority. Instead, it will be managed by a subsidiary company, fully owned by the authority, but developing its vision and operation under an independent board. This structure has led many legislators to raise questions and concerns about how effectively the museum is going to be monitored. It goes back already to 2006 and the museum advisory group, and they already pointed to the importance of having a separate governance for the museum to align it with best international practice, simply. The good thing is that decisions about art, design, architecture and the content will be taken by people in the M Plus board who have a different type of expertise in that field, so that we will have people who know something about the museum field also taking the decisions, and that can only be healthy. M Plus faced another controversy with its first large acquisition, but that did not change the M Plus acquisition policy. Until now, Lars Nitva feels that politics is not something that contemporary art can easily avoid. I mean, the lifeblood of M Plus, and if it will be successful, is that we maintain freedom of expression. And I think that's central for all cultural institutions worldwide, and definitely for us. And I have seen no sign other than the occasional voice in LegCo 
that we shouldn't have freedom of expression. And I think that Hong Kong stands up very strongly for those core values. Long before it will be completed, the West Kowloon Cultural District has already faced its fair share of hurdles, wrangles, and delays. The initial vision has been trimmed down to fit budgetary requirements. But the placing of the time capsule does bring Hong Kong's newest and largest cultural hub one step closer to reality. In the concrete canyons of Hong Kong, it's not always easy to think of the natural landscape. You usually have to make a special effort to reconnect with it. The multimedia performance Reimagining Rivers brings together video, sound and dance to encourage us to consider our rivers and their relationship with us and with the society, history and culture of Hong Kong. Reimagining Rivers is a multimedia performance, but it's also an educational program that takes students out of school to visit and appreciate one of Hong Kong's most beautiful natural assets, its rivers. There are two groups of students involved. One group consists of dancers. The other is made up of audio and video makers who are responsible for all the videos in the piece. The final performance takes place indoors, but the students did actually dance at the rivers, and that's where they found their inspiration. Ta 我们就是想在这个舞蹈动作当中一种想象拍完片之后你自己在那里落水玩<音樂> Electronic musician and audiovisual artist Choi Sai Ho was invited to join the performance as the mentor to the students working with sound and video. He says that most of his works in the past focused on cityscape. Taking nature as a topic was something of a departure for him, but it was very rewarding.
。咁呢唔同嘅渠道，其實就正正係我哋成日都講嘅，即、就、係、是、我哋要所謂 think out of the box 啊嘛，即係係唔正路地去去諗，咁從而去誒嘗試去達至所謂我哋講 creative 嘅嗰樣嘢咁樣。啊，呢、這個都可以係一個去令到更加多人認識聲音藝術，或者你話誒呢個錄像藝術嘅嗰回事到底係點樣樣。One aim of the performance is to lure the younger generation away from technology and encourage them to reconnect with nature. However, as it's a multimedia performance, technology inevitably plays a key part. Oh, this is a very interesting way of saying it. 我哋係用緊一個科技嘅渠道去反映緊一啲所謂最 primitive 或者最貼近啊大自然嘅嗰嗰樣嘢咁，其實都係一個碰撞嚟嘅。咁既然我哋脱擺脱唔到科技，但我哋能唔能夠誒借科技去去同大自然嘅某啲嘢去做一個誒碰撞咧咁樣？有而通常人咧，佢哋會點樣比較有興趣咧？就係、是、最終佢可以咧，係適當地咧，係用創作自我表現咧，去回應咧佢某一啲嘅知識或者學到嘅嘢咧。咁呢樣嘢咧，嗰、那個激勵咧係特別大咯。咁所以咧，我咧就會即係覺得咧，呢個咧係一個即係如果英文咧叫做 art in education， 唔係 art education， 即係話透過藝術令到一啲人咧，佢哋喺學習嗰度咧係可能咧來得暢快一啲啊，或者開心一啲，或者願意一啲。Welcome back. Photojournalist and video director Bertie Chu has long been interested in documenting Hong Kong's social developments, including its protest culture. In 2013, he published a book on protest called "I Walk, Therefore I Shoot," a record of Hong Kong demonstrations. Naturally, the umbrella movement is a phenomenon that Bertie does not want to miss the chance of recording. On show at the Goethe Institute until the 11th of February, it's just the beginning. Is a photo, sound, and video installation that documents one of the biggest democratic movements in the history of Hong Kong. Um, actually, it's just the beginning. Is is in the Banner. 我哋覺得咧，其實成個政府嗰個問題咧係冇得到解決嘅。我自己覺得啦，其實只係一個開始嚟啫，所以就係用咗 just beginning。作為香港人咧，咁我會覺得係好重要嘅，記錄翻香港嘅事情。我之前都一路記錄翻香港嗰種民主嘅過程啦。咁因為我係即係 specialize 喺 photography 同 video 咧。咁我都好想 capture 翻呢一段嘅歷史咯，因為實在係覺得
，因為咁龐大嘅學生運動咧，喺香港嚟講係實在少有嘅。咁所以就繼往開來啦，咁我就即係覺得係呢一場運動係必要去記錄啦。咁喺當中咧就有一個責任感啦，或者一個 mission 啦，就好想去將呢件事或者呢一段咁重要嘅學生運動。嘅史實咧，去話俾世界嘅其他人聽因為 video 呢個 medium 咧係可以去 spread out the whole world， 係咯 ，tell the truth of Hong Kongers。In an ongoing series of concerts at the Fringe Club, the concertmaster of Hong Kong Sinfonietta, James Cutterford, is encouraging us to make new connections and comparisons in the way we think about chamber music, from the old Purcell and Mozart to the new Elliot Carter and Stockhausen. James is in our studio now to tell us more. Well, James, welcome to the program. Oh, great to be here. It's very exciting to have you on. Good Music at the Fringe is the name of this particular project. That's right. And uh, what can you tell me about that? Well, it's a new series which uh, the Sinfonietta, Hong Kong Sinfonietta, has been uh, putting together, and I suppose I'm sort of curating it for want of a better term. And it's a combination of music in a. It's in a great venue. I don't know if you've been there yourself. Probably have. Um, it's in the Dairy at the Fringe, so it's a great little space, maybe a hundred seats or something like that. And there's a bar at the back, and you can come and hear. Well, you can come and hear Bach and Mozart, uh, which. In itself, isn't done that much at the Fringe. It's more of a, a jazz venue or poetry venue or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but along with that, sort of the core, the nucleus, the uh, centre of each program is uh, works by more recent composers, uh, some who are still with us and alive today. And rather than sort of separating the old and the new and uh, sort of thrown everything together, sort of in a yeah. In a big sort of hot pot, as it were, and a lot of the old music is really a lead up in, until the new works, which are sort of the nucleus of the program. So it's a bit of an interesting mix. Now you are currently concertmaster of the Sinfonietta, but mm -hmm. your career prior to this was as a chamber musician. I understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Right, and so this is is sort of coming back to that root, isn't it, for you? That's right. Yes, I should have said it's not the whole orchestra which is uh, playing. It's it is only just a handful of us, even a couple of solo works thrown in for good measure. And uh, it's all chamber works, so duos, trios, up to quartets, really. And uh, all in different combinations. And uh, as I said, the new work is really the focus of it. And the Mozart, the Beethoven, the, the Bach, which is like a prelude and a post postlude, I suppose, to that. Um, so we've really enjoyed preparing the programs and putting them together. And they've been basically sold out. And people can get a drink at the same time. So there's not this sort of division which you often get with uh, classical music with the musicians way, way away you know, on the stage and uh, hearing a big symphonic concert. The, it's all sort of there. So it's very physical and very immediate. And often the new work, which can seem a bit alienating if it's in a big concert hall, isn't so. <laughs> so so it, it's quite good. The, this mix and match between the old and the new and, mm. and focusing on the new, I think, is also a parallel in your own career, aren't you? You're a composer as well. Absolutely, yeah. I composed ever since I started playing the violin. And uh, 
when I was in Europe studying, I studied with a couple of the great masters over there, people like Karl-Heinz Stockhausen, who was a huge influence on everyone from Bjorg and Kraftwerk, right through to younger composers, and uh, Georgi Kurtag, the great Hungarian composer. So I've really spent my whole life, as far as it is at the moment, <laughs> uh, playing uh, a lot of new works and a lot of premieres and working with a lot of Australian composers when I was uh, living in Australia and uh, so on. So it's um, nice to be able to do that here in Hong Kong. Now, we do hope, of course, this series will continue at some point. Mm, but absolutely. We, we, we've mostly missed the series, except for one that's coming up on the 10th of March that that's features right. Stravinsky. That's what right. can you tell me about that program? Well, see, this is a good example. Uh, we're obviously playing several little works of Stravinsky, uh, but we were also playing a work of Rimsky-Korsakov, his teacher, and we're playing a couple of works by... Uh, Literally, there's a work by a well-known English composer, Alexander Gurr, called Around Stravinsky, where he's composed like a little overture, a prelude. Uh, then there's some Stravinsky, and then there's a, like a big coda, a big finishing section. So it's literally work around Stravinsky. And he's, uh, he's about 80 years old now, and he was uh, the main dean of music in uh, Cambridge, and he's a fascinating composer. So it's great to be able to bring that all together with Stravinsky works by themselves. So we'll look forward to that coming up in the program and uh, additional uh, programs offered on this series. Yes, sure. Uh, yeah. Do you know when that's likely to happen? Oh, probably in the next month or two where we're sort of putting together an another group of programs. So, mm. um, yeah, they'll sort of have the same thread going through it because it seems to work very well mm. and it's been a really great sort of mix of people coming along, not just musicians, but uh, a whole range. So it's great. I, I hope... That will continue. Well, I see you have your fiddle here. Uh, perhaps we can we can get you to play just a bit of something, a taste of, of what we're talking about. Absolutely. What would you like to play? Oh, it's something which I suppose many listeners, listeners may not have heard of, a work by the great uh, American composer, Elliot Carter. And he composed this piece when he was about 98 years old. He died at 103 just uh, a couple of years ago. So he uh, was composing right up to up to the end essentially with great energy great enthusiasm and it's not easy music to listen to but it's really strong and i suppose in your face and uh, you take it or leave it but it's the type of thing we're putting on there and i, I think it's great and i love playing it so uh, that's why we're doing it oh great let's get into it <laughs> great thanks yeah. 